You are Locked On Bulldogs, your daily podcast on the Georgia Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Bulldogs podcast. I am Daniel and Clint is not here. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, We're going solo today. Clint had some obligations that have come up and uh, you're getting just me. Uh, don't before you before I start to get for log on to Twitter and I start to read all of the messages asking the questions, executive producer intern Sherpa Michael was asked directly if he wanted to come on the pod. He was my first call. Uh, actually Clint's first call when he knew that he wasn't uh, going to be available. Michael sadly was not available either. And so look, you get what you get, friends. It is uh, just me today, but if you are new to the show, let me assure you that it is normally a lot better than this. Um, uh, normally, there's two of us, and we are diehard Georgia fans, um, Clint and I, and that's what this podcast is all about. We are not gurus or insiders. We are simply Georgia fans. We are here to help you be the best fan that you can be. And so uh, there are a few ways that you can support the pod if you are so inclined to do so before we get into today's content. And listen, we do have a lot to talk about today. I assure you we are going to get uh, to some news. We're going to get to some basketball. Clint's not here, so I can talk about as much basketball as I want. But we got football news to cover. We got a basketball game to talk about. We got a bunch to break down. But first, if you're new to the show, thank you for being here This podcast is for fans, by fans. Don't expect some sort of guru, insider uh, information, but do expect Georgia fans talking like Georgia fans do. And so if you're new, we are here five days a week. All that we ask you that you do is just subscribe to the podcast. That helps us out quite a bit. If you subscribe to the show, uh, then the episodes will get downloaded straight to the device of your choosing each and every day. If you have been with us for a while and you enjoy the show, leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy the show when Clint is on it, leave us a five-star rating and tell Clint how much you miss him when he's not here. If you enjoy the show more when it's just me, then leave us a five-star rating and tell Clint that he can take a hike and me and executive producer, intern Michael, will take it from here. Um, either way, uh, we really appreciate it when you rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And then emails. LockedOnBulldogs at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at Dogs Podcast. We would love to interact with you that way as well. Um, let me hit you with a bit of a schedule update for the rest of the week. So Clint is out for the rest of the week. Today is Wednesday. Fortunately for you, we pre-recorded a Locks podcast that is going to drop tomorrow on Thursday in its normal time slot. Um, So that episode was pre-recorded. I will just give you some warning that if a game has been canceled since we talked about it, you will understand. Clint uh, knew that he wasn't going to be available at the end of this week, and so we wanted to make sure that we got the locks out for the people. So there will be a locks episode tomorrow. Clint will tell you to bet on Ohio State over Michigan, which obviously makes no sense given the fact that those teams are not playing because uh, Michigan is trying to single-handedly keep Ohio State out of the playoff, and since they can't beat them, they have to just not play the game against them, 
which is kind of a genius thing to do, but I digress. Uh, And then, people, lock in. Get ready. Stop what you're doing. Pull the car over to the side of the road because on Friday, I will be back, but I will not be alone. And it won't be executive producer, intern Sherpa Michael, who will be with me. We have a very special guest for Friday's show. That's all I'm going to leave you with. That's what they call a tease in the business. Uh, Friday's episode is not one that you are going to want to miss. So check back tomorrow for locks and on Friday for a very special guest. All right, let's get to the Georgia football news first, and then we'll talk about the basketball team in just a second. I'm going to talk about two pieces of news. I'm going to talk about uh, a player that is going to be on Georgia's football team next year, and I'm going to talk about a player that you all hope is going to be on Georgia's football team next year, and I'll do it in that order. Uh, Nylon Green is a four-star, some call him a five-star, seems to be hovering right around that number two overall corner in the nation spot, committed to the University of Georgia. If you've not seen this commitment video, it is truly, listen, I know y'all love Richard LeCount, damn good dog. I know y'all love you some Jake Fromm. I know you love the Santa Claus, whatever thing. That's fine. I get it. We, we, all, we all like that stuff. But if you have not seen this commitment video from Nyland Green, you need to go check it out because it is absolutely fantastic. He hits him with a picture where his whole family's wearing a bunch of different hats. There's no Georgia hat involved. He commits to the G in the end. Listen, this is a commitment to be excited about. Well, as we said, we're not gurus. We're not insiders. Um, we, don't, we don't spend our time breaking down high school film. But Nyland Green has got size, 6'3", 190 pounds. He's got speed, absolute burner speed. Uh, you pair him with... Uh, freshman from this year, Keely Ringo, Jalen Kimber. You pair him on next year's team with guys like Tyreek Stevenson, guys like Lewisine. We don't know what we can expect from Major Burns or Chris Smith going into next year, but uh, potentially a big-time commitment in the secondary, definitely a position of need. We know Tyson Campbell's going to be gone. We know Eric Stokes is going to be gone. Uh, We know DJ Daniel probably going to be gone. Maybe he'll decide to use his free year of eligibility. We know Richard LeCount going to be gone. A lot of turnover on that secondary. Nylon Green, big-time pickup for the Dogs. Now let's talk about somebody that you hope – Wish is going to be on this year's team. Word came out, started coming out this week that our old friend of the podcast, Eric Gilbert, tight end recruit, uh, most had him as the number one overall tight end in the nation, committed to LSU. A lot of people want him at Georgia. Kirby turned right around and brought Darnell Washington in, another five-star tight end uh, from out in Nevada. But Eric Gilbert always kind of felt like the one that got away. He went to LSU. Now all of a sudden, word's coming out that Eric Gilbert is not happy at LSU. Well, guess what? No one could be happy at LSU. Let me list the reasons. Number one, it's LSU. Number one. Number two, it's LSU. Number three, it's located in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Number four, their coach is a terrible human being who was outed as being a terrible human being earlier this year. Number five, the team is an absolute train wreck, and Joe Brady 
and Joe Burrow ain't walking back through that door. So, Eric Gilbert reportedly might be thinking about the transfer portal. He reportedly might be homesick. The word homesick is being used a lot. And so, of course, Georgia fans are thinking to themselves that Eric Gilbert is coming back to Athens. Here's what I'm going to say. Maybe you're right, Georgia fans. Maybe you're right. But I'm here, as your friend, to tell you to just temper your expectations. Because if I had to bet money, if I had to guess, I would guess that there is absolutely no way that Eric Gilbert ends up in Athens. Athens. It has nothing to do with the depth chart. It has nothing to do with whether or not Kirby Smart would want him back in Athens. It simply has to do with this. You may call it sour grapes. I call it being a Georgia fan. Let me. When was the last time, Georgia fan? Just answer me this. When was the last time that a big-time transfer that we almost recruited the first time decided to transfer and then... And you wanted him so desperately, and then they did end up coming to Athens. When was the last time? Where were all the people talking about Jamie Newman and how big of a get it would be if if we could somehow convince Jamie Newman to come to Athens? I didn't hear a lot of that rumble until after he committed. JT Daniels. Not a lot of people even knew that there was an that it was even a possibility that JT Daniels ends up in Athens. It just doesn't happen a lot. You don't get a lot of opportunity for it to happen on the football team, but the basketball team specifically, there's this happens all the time. Georgia finishes second for more big time recruits in basketball than any other program in the country. And a lot of those big time recruits go to other schools and then they transfer from those schools and all of a sudden Georgia basketball fans start thinking like, oh, maybe they'll come home to Georgia, but they just never do would I love to see Eric Gilbert on this team next year? Absolutely, I would. Would I love to see Eric Gilbert and Darnell Washington on the field at the same time? Are you kidding me? With the backs in the backfield, with Jorge Pickens and Jermaine Burton on the side, and those two tight ends, <laughs> are you kidding me right now with the weapons that could be at the disposal? of one JT Daniels next season. Uh, Georgia fans, I'm with you. I'm dreaming. Um, I'm getting excited. But I'm here to tell you uh, it's probably not going to happen. So don't get too excited. Sometimes, Georgia fans, what you need to do is just chill. And speaking of just chilling, uh, that's when you reach for the beer that is literally made to chill. It's Coors Light. Coors Light is the beer that Clint and I reach for when life is overwhelming, when there's stress, when there's chaos, when things are breaking down, or the beer that we reach for when we just want to sit on the couch and chill and watch college football or college basketball, as the case may be. Clint probably is drinking a Coors Light right now. All I'm saying is that there's no, I don't know that he's not drinking a Coors Light right now. Do you understand? what I'm trying to say. All I'm saying is there's no way to prove that he's not drinking a Coors Light. He probably is because it's crisp. It's refreshing. It's the beer that's literally made to chill. You go to get.coorslight.com. That's get.coorslight.com. And you get Coors Light delivered straight to your door in its new look packaging. That's get.coorslight.com to get the beer that is literally made to chill, delivered straight to your door. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Now, sometimes... 
um, you don't want to chill. Sometimes you're ready to go, and that's when you reach for Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein bar that there ever was. Um, it's fantastic. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's high in protein. It's high in fiber. It's low in sugar. Um, it's great uh, when you're on the way to work. It's great when you're about to go to the gym. It's great when you're coming back from the gym. It's great um, when you need a quick meal replacement. It's great when you hit a lull in the middle of the day and you want a snack on something that's not going to make you balloon up to 700 pounds. Uh, Bill Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They are soft and chewy and delicious. They come in a million different flavors. And if you go to BillBar.com and enter the promo code Locked On you are gonna get 20% off your order, no matter how much you order. So there's no limit to how much money, how many real dollars you can save here. 20% off your order when you go to BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code Locked On. All right, let's talk about basketball. So. Basketball team in action on Tuesday night against the Montana Grizz. Um, they came out a winner, 63-50. to They covered that spread, 10.5 points is what it was. Your boy cashed again on the UGA basketball line. Uh, it was a sweat, though. This spread was an absolute sweat. The game was right around that 10 to 15 point range the entire game. Georgia jumped out to a very quick lead, got up by double digits, and then it just stayed right there the rest of the game. They ended up winning by 13 points. Um, and I'm going to break this game down for you and really talk about the big picture of Georgia basketball. So look, maybe you're not a Georgia basketball fan. I get it. Okay? I get it. But let me just let me try to talk to you about why this team is an interesting team to watch. We've been saying it on the podcast. I really do believe it. Uh, this team is a fa- fantastically interesting, more interesting to watch than last year's team, and it's not even close. And one of the reasons it's an interesting team to watch is because there's a very good chance that this team is going to woefully disappoint you and is going to finish well under 500 in terms of in terms of SEC play, maybe in terms of overall record, there's a chance this team finishes near the bottom of the SEC as they're predicted. There's also a chance that this team surprises a bunch of people and maybe sneaks in to the top half of the SEC, finishes sixth, seventh, somewhere in that neighborhood of the SEC, finishes maybe even above 500 in league play, well above 500 in terms of overall record. There's a chance that this team um, is right up there uh, in terms of SEC tournament seeding to uh, potentially win a few games in the SEC tournament and see where things go from there. I'm going to talk to you about the reason why this team won't finish above 500 in SEC play in this segment. And then in the next segment, I'm going to talk to you about why this team will finish above 500 in SEC play. And I'm going to use evidence from this very same game to make both uh, contradictive points. So point number one, this team will not finish above 500 in league play. I'm getting the negative stuff out of the way first. Now, you get a sense of why this team, we get off to a great start, an early run, and then you start to see the fatal flaws of this team, all right? And the fatal flaws of this team are that the offense at times, and by at times, I mean often, 
can get woefully stagnant. Okay, when Severe Wheeler is not on the floor, there are zero, zero playmakers on the floor. There are zero people on this basketball team who can take the basketball and get their own shot. Zero. There is, I mean, other than Severe Wheeler. So when he's off the floor or even when he's on the floor, him being the absolute only playmaker on the team does not bode well. If, if a team can get back in transition, if a team can stop the fast break against us, if, if they force us to set up in the half court, this is a really poor shooting team. There's just no two ways about it. This is a team that does not have a lot of drivers. It does not have a lot of shot creators. Right? You saw a little bit of it from Justin Kyer in this game. You saw a few instances when maybe he wanted to go up and get his own shot, and he did, uh, and he hit a few of them. You saw a few instances when he was able to take the ball to the rim. Andrew Garcia is the second best playmaker on this team in terms of the way he operates with the basketball in his hands. Andrew Garcia is able to create his own shot, but the problem is is that once we get into SEC play, Andrew Garcia can create his own shot against undersized, outmanned big guys from small schools. Once we get into SEC play and you start facing grown men down in the post, I suspect that Andrew Garcia is going to struggle to create his own shot. Now, can this team cut? Can this team move? Can this team offensive rebound? Can this team do a lot of things? Yes. But but listen, when you watch this team play, it often feels like it is layups, dunks, turnovers, and missed shots. Those are the only four outcomes when Georgia has the ball. Layups and dunks or a turnover, or a missed shot. We just don't score outside of, of those two ways. We, we score at the rim. We score um, slipping uh, back cuts and ball screens and all sorts of things. We score on the fast break when the tempo gets pushed. We don't hit wide open threes when the ball gets kicked out. We don't create our own shot. We we, we don't uh, shoot the mid-range particularly well. We don't really get fouled all that often. We just shoot layups and dunks or turn the ball over or miss a shot. And so uh, that's not a recipe for success in SEC play necessarily because it feels like teams are going to be able to slow us down more so than these smaller schools can. But right after this break, I'm going to tell you why all that stuff I just said is nonsense and why this team is actually a team that is going to surprise you in a positive way and outperform everybody's expectations once we get into the SEC. So this team has what it takes to, to, to really turn some heads in the SEC. That's the that's the point that we're making right now. And listen, there's an obvious place that we could go to prove this point, but I'm going to save that for a second. And I'm going to first start with what to me is the most surprisingly positive thing about this team and the thing that makes me enjoy watching them play the most. And that is the defensive energy and team defense that this team plays with. The way that they 
connect with each other, the way that they talk, the way that they switch, the way that they uh, run to the double team and recover back to the ball, the, the way this team plays defense, the energy with which this team plays defense is so much fun to watch, and it is really effective. This team has got a lot of length. Save Severe Wheeler. Justin Kyer on the perimeter, very long and athletic. You know about Tumani Kamara. PJ Horn and Andrew Garcia defend the post admirably well. Ty Fagan plays his heart out. Christian Brown is a freakish athlete. This team just keeps rolling. Michael Starks, when he comes in the game, I love that kid. That kid is a fantastic defender. Probably our best individual defender. And and the reason this team plays defense so well, you don't have to be a basketball fan. If you just turn on the TV and watch Georgia play basketball, which I recommend that you do. If you just turn on the TV and watch Georgia play basketball, here's what you're going to see. You're going to see Georgia play basketball. And you're going to see Tom Crean pace the sidelines. All right, He's wearing the Fitbit, and he just never stops moving. He never stops walking. But then this coaching staff... All right, these assistant coaches that Tom Crean has on his staff, particularly there's two new ones, Steve McLean uh, and John Lenahan. Uh, John Lenahan, John Lenahan, a, a defensive guru, a defensive specialist. He is in a stance on the sideline the entire game, watching these assistant coaches on the bench. The bench is spread out, so you feel like he's finally this coach has got some room to operate. He's uh, he's leading the cheers, he's pumping his fist, he's down in a stance, he's he's shouting, he's yelling, he's throwing his hands up in the air. These guys look like Kirby Smart and Dan Lanning on the sidelines, and I love every second of it. This team plays with heart and defensive intensity, and that will win you games. We gave up 50 points tonight. To this Missouri or to this uh, Montana team. Now you might say that's Montana. Well, it doesn't really matter. We gave up 50 points. Montana scored 74 points in their last game. Montana scored uh, Montana scored 62 points against USC Southern Cal Trojans. Uh, Montana scored 63 points in their previous game. They played close games. I know they were 0-3. Now they're 0-4. But uh, this was the widest margin of defeat that Montana has faced this season. And this was the lowest point total that they've been held to by a dozen points. When you play defense like that, it translates into SEC wins. But let's get to the real reason that this team is going to surprise. And it's not Tumani Kamara. As much as I love Tumani Kamara, uh, I think he had, what, 15 points, 16 rebounds, 17 rebounds. Just an unbelievable performance. Yet again, he's always in the right place. Uh, he he works for the ball. My son and I were watching the game together, and he said, Dad, uh, this guy just... It looks like he wants the ball more than the other guys. He just goes and gets it wherever the ball is. Tumani Kamara seems to be there. He's a great rebounder. And I said, you're right. He is a great rebounder. He's a great defender. Um, Love Kamara. But let's talk about Severe Wheeler. All right. Because he did not have a double-double in this game. And yet. And yet. I think based on everything that I just told you about uh, how the offense gets stagnant when he's not on the floor. I think he showed more so in this game than in any other game that Severe Wheeler is the reason that this team wins games. Now, I'm going to say something. I was formulating this thought as I was watching the game, and I was trying to decide if it was just a hot take or if I really believe this. And I really think I believe this. So, 
Here it is. Anthony Edwards is the most important recruit in the history of the UGA basketball program. From a program building standpoint, from a talent acquisition standpoint, you just watch. We are going to get a five-star to commit to Georgia before too long. We are going to get more of that type of player to come to Athens. Anthony Edwards and the brand of Georgia basketball, he is the most important recruit to come to UGA ever. I honestly believe that. But by the time he leaves Athens, hopefully in two and a half more years, by the time he leaves Athens, Severe Wheeler will be the most important player from a wins and losses standpoint since Jarvis Hayes at the University of Georgia. He will affect winning more than any other player on any other team since Jarvis Hayes was dunking on people in the stag way back when in the early 2000s. Uh, This kid is a winner. He gets it. Um, He is everything that you want in a point guard, and he makes the team so much better around him. Honestly, when Severe Wheeler is in the endless, I know y'all – we love J.J. Frazier. J.J. Frazier was great. But J.J. Frazier did not impact winning. Okay, J.J. Frazier single-handedly carried some bad teams and single-handedly won us some games. But J.J. Frazier did not elevate the floor around him as much as this kid, Severe Wheeler, does. Um, when, when he's on your team, there's no game that you go into thinking we're totally out of this game because he... He can score in a way that no defense can stop, okay? No defense can stop the guy who just runs past you on the break and, and makes wild circus layups for days. Uh, Severe Wheel is able to do those kinds of things. He's able to score in ways that very few people, very few others can, and that's why this team has got a real shot to finish in the top half of the SEC. All right, that does it for today's episode thanks for for riding along with us um clint will be back next week but actually on your podcast clint will be back tomorrow as a reminder locks is coming at you tomorrow we pre-recorded it uh so clint will be uh on the pod and clint and i will be breaking down uh a lot of action from some games that will be played on saturday and also some action from games that won't be played on saturday so that'll be a lot of fun for everybody to listen to um uh, that'll be tomorrow and then on friday don't forget on friday special guest on the pod i'm pretty pumped about it um you will want to check out friday's episode um, uh, that does it for us uh, here at Locked On Bulldogs. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you guys later. Bye.